mind on things above. Or start thinking on God's blessings. And, and uh, we're going to be in Psalm 78. I was in there the other night. And I believe it's a message for us this morning. I really do. I, I believe it's a message. Boy, we sure do forget real easy. Boy, we forget about them sweet spots. We forget about really what brought us joy. Some people just missed it. They chose for somebody or something else to be their rock. They chose for somebody else to bring them all the joy and the happiness other than Jesus. They thought if they could work hard enough, gain enough money, that would, that would surely do it. They would be the big dog in town. But don't none of it work. You, you can read the tabloids. You can leave here and go to Walmart if you want to. Over and over and over, all them tabloids, they're going to be sad stories. See, they can't print no good stories. A lot of them folks ain't got no good stories to tell. Good news don't travel. Bad news travel. But I come to bring you some good news today. You can cast all your cares upon the Lord because he cares for you. I'm going to say that one more time. I said you can cast all. You can, call, you can cast all your cares. Now if the doctor could have helped you, he'd have done helped you. If money could have helped you, it would have done helped you. If any kind of drug could have helped you, it would have done helped you. Fortune and fame could have helped you, it would have done helped you. But there's no help outside of Jesus Christ. Somebody in here help me. But I come to tell you, cast all your cares. <laughs> I'm going to say this just because I'm a cowboy just to wake y'all up, get y'all smile about something. You can cast all your cares and your underwear on Jesus Christ because he cares for you. He cares for you. He, he loves you. He knows you're going in. He knows you're coming out. He knows every hair on your head. He knows your heart. If you in there say, I'm bad, he knows you bad. He knows you're going down bad street and he's just the kind of God, he's going to be right at the end of it just waiting on you. He's that kind of way. He ain't never saved a good person. He ain't never met a good person. The Bible said ain't none of us good. We all need Jesus. Get over it. <laughs> but all through the Bible, church folks do it worse than anybody. You know, it's really something to talk about somebody out there in the world. They get all tied up in something. You say, well, you know, I can't believe that. Well, I'm going to tell you something. It ain't no different in the church it is in the world. If you knew how many people I done seen done come through these doors, call themselves getting saved. Look here, they're happy and they're joyful because maybe I don't know a certain somebody or certain someone or something. It ain't in Jesus. Because I want to tell you something about Jesus. If you got high on Jesus yesterday, you'll get high on Jesus today. Huh? If you got drunk on Jesus yesterday, you'll get drunk on Jesus today. If you got happy in Jesus yesterday, you'll get happy in Jesus' day. If your joy was in Jesus yesterday, your joy is still in Jesus because why? He's a God that changes not. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen. Psalm 78. You say, well, when you gonna give us that verse? You, you ready to go home, ain't you? 
I love fellowshipping with God's people. Amen. Amen. Psalm 78, verse 41. Yay. <laughs> Yay. Ain't that something way that verse? Amen. Psalm 78, 41. It said, Yea, they turned back and tempted God and limited the one of Israel. You know you would think. You would think some people were stomping some brick, were stomping straw and mud every day, working on a wheel. And then God sent Moses to lead them out. Pharaoh had them working. And they were just slaves, man, round and round the wheel they was going, just stomping mud and straw just to make bricks. And God sends a man to get them out of there. And then... Pharaoh changed his mind and puts them back in the straw. Puts them back in the work in such a way and demands more of them. <laughs> and then God sent some pestilence. He sent some locusts to devour the land. He, he just kept on, and you watching every bit of that. And finally, God gets you out of that mess you in. Gets you out of stomping that mud in that straw. You out and you running. You come down this body of water, all you can see is water. I'm going to tell you the way people are about God. Church folk too. This man walked up to an ocean one day. All he could see was water. Somebody asked him, he sounded like a church man. Somebody asked him, said, look, what do you think? He said, well, it ain't as big as what I thought it was. Now all he can see is water. He can look to the left. All he can see is water. He can't see the end of it. It looks like it just rolled over the end. If you've ever been to an ocean, you can't see the end of water. And he stood there when they asked him, what do you think? And the man said, well, it ain't as big as what I thought it was going to be. That's exactly the way church folks treat God. Now, if it was not church folks, I, I would, if I was just preaching out in, in some stands somewhere, and, uh, just lost folks, just whatever, just a venue of that kind, I, God may let me preach it another way, but I'm here to tell you, I, I've never seen in the day of 2018, I, I want you to look at how many empty chairs in here. Now, the people that belong in them chairs, if you go find them, and you question them about whether they saved or not, they're going to tell you, sure, they are. That's what they're going to tell you. But the Bible says that we're known by the fruits. But I'm trying to tell you not only they left. The Bible says they like a dog just went back to his vomit. They like a hog that would go right back and jump right back in the mire. I'm talking about had their hands up just like you had your hands up. I'm talking about there was a time they sat down here low. Now, either they was lying or they come for man or they done lost their mind. Because there's one thing I know that God is good. Now, I can tell you what the Bible says if that means anything. I just want to tell you this just in case you right before X in the door. You better find you a good table. I know one thing. If I was going to leave one restaurant and go to another one, I'd sure want to make sure that I was going to go. 
I wouldn't want to walk in the door and they say, well, the truck didn't run today. We ain't got no food, but you can come on in and sit down. Now, over in 1 John, right quick, I'll read you this word right here in verse, 1 John 1, 19. It says, they went out. It said, my little children, this is the last time as you have heard that the Antichrist shall come. Even now are there many Antichrists whereby we know that is the last time. And it says these words. It said, they went out from us because they was not of us. For if they had been of us, they would have no doubt continued with us. But they went out that they may be made manifest that they were not of us at all. And I want to give you the next verse. It said, but you have an unction from the Holy One and you know all things. Now you know better. You've been born again, you know better. This scripture right here said they turned back and they tempted God. They, they turned back. They decided to go back to the old way. Just as soon as they got across the, the sea, they, they turned back. They went back to doing the same thing that they always did. What they said is they said, you know, we kind of all together. You know, God's on our side. I mean, God wouldn't, God wouldn't really do that kind of thing. God, God wouldn't straighten us out. Let me tell you something. God will do more to you a saint of God than he will a lost person. The Bible said that he chastises those that he loves. I'd ask you a question today. Have you, have you turned back? Who was they that turned back? That was God's people. That was, that was people that God done showed his people to. That was a people that God loved enough that he went to make, a, to make them a moral of, that he was going to bring them out. He had a pillar of fire by by night, and he had a pillar to guide him, a cloud to guide him in the daytime. He, he, he provided all that they needed in life, just like he has you sitting here today. For you not to think that God ain't going to take care of you. You sitting here today, you just want to examine things. You just want to think about things. A lot of you can think about where you're living. What are you driving? What kind of clothes you're wearing? You can step on the scales if you need to. Now, that ain't to say anything. I just say you've had plenty to eat. You're healthy. Done been through some hard times. Some things that you would have lost your mind if it had not been for the Lord that was on the side. But you've got to be able to look back. If you've been serving God and living for God, Brother Johnny, you've got to look back. Matter of fact, before I ever got saved, it rained on the just and unjust. He was good to me before I ever got saved. Saints of God, you've got to look back and know that God has been good to you. There's, there's no way you cannot look back and know that God has been good to you. Oh, it's certain things. You, you can position yourself this morning whether or not you want to heed to this message. It's for you. Oh, sometimes we sit on the road with somebody. Somebody's across the way, and we say, well, I hope they get it today. No, this message's for you. You can draw your circle around it. I'm going to tell you one thing. It, it don't take long for you just give a little, the Bible says a little leaven, leaven the whole up. It don't take but just a little bit for you to just get your panties in a wad and all of a sudden you just like, well, they don't love me no more. They, that ain't working for me no more. Let me tell you something. It ain't about you no more. It's about Jesus and it's about you being a soldier and it's about you being thankful for what God's done. 
Let me run that by you one more time. It ain't about you no more. When you inherited eternal life, when he reached down his hand and you was in that horrible pit and you was in that miry clay and he took you out of that horrible pit and that miry clay, he set you on a rock. Look here. Good Lord. He set you on an inheritance that's undefiled, fadeth not away. It, he, he's got your inheritance that's incorruptible, undefiled, fadeth not away, reserved for you in heaven. I mean, when he saved you, you started eternal life. You won't never die. You're going to live forever and ever and ever. He's written your name down. He sealed, sealed it with the blood of Jesus. One of these days, you're going to get a brand new body. No matter if cancer comes your way today, it won't win. You will win in Jesus. Let not your heart be troubled. You win. When, when you done got to state in your life that the best thing that happened to you is you die, then you look back on them saints like John the Baptist and Peter was hung, Stephen stoned, Jesus stood up for him out of the portals of glory. <laughs> Don't you see that? Randy, can't you see that boy they stoning you? And all of a sudden you, you've got a vision. Them stones are hitting you in life. And boy, you look through the portals of glory and you see Jesus at the right hand of Father. And he stands up and looks over that banister boy, said, that's my boy whom I'm well pleased. Don't worry about it. Just hold on a little longer. Help's on the way. Oh, my word, it's victory in this Jesus' sake. I'm sorry if you've been raised in a religious church. I'm, I'm going to teach that little Joseph K about dancing and shouting, and I'm going to teach her about how many times I'm going to tell her how many miracles I done seen. Baby, I'm telling you that there were some times that I didn't know what I was going to do. Money couldn't fix it, nothing else. But I come to tell you, baby, the Lord was on my side. I'm going to tell her the reason why granddaddy preaches the way he preaches. I'm going to tell her the reason why granddaddy shouts like he shouts because it was time. If it had not been for the Lord, I wouldn't have made it. You better cling to that unchanging hand. If some in here today, you've lost your way. I'm talking about you done turned back. You done turned back. You headed just a straight back because you can go. You just bear the coming just enough now just to make yourself look religious. I'm going to tell you what the Bible says. Everything else in life, we want all of it. <laughs> I was down there preaching in a church. The last time I was in that church, I went there and I was preaching, but we did a wedding the night before. Don Williams was with me where they had a big feast. They had a, they had a banana pudding in the biggest pan that I ever seen. Don's coming out there. He barely can tote the pan of banana pudding. He gets the truck. He can't open the door of the truck. I'm sitting there. I see him coming with him. He's looking through the window. I said, what you need? He said, you got to help me get in the truck with this banana pudding. I think now, couldn't you sit it down? He wasn't going to sit it down. He was too proud of it. I had to get out of the truck, go to the other side, unlock the door. It wasn't good enough. I opened the door. It wasn't good enough. He said, would you hold this banana pudding? <laughs> I 
Makes me think of shouting John. Huh? Huh? They didn't want nobody shouting. <laughs> they come out and try to straighten him up out there in this field to tell you the short story. Yeah. He said, if y'all don't want me shouting in your church, Ben, God done blessed me so much. He said, hold my mule so I can shout right here. Don said, would you, you got to hold it while I get in. Now, you know one of them, one of them pans like we serve in, that thing is, I mean, I'm coming here, I don't know how many pounds, 30 pounds. He said, will you hold it? Mm, 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 mm. Can you hold on? Can you hold it? Look here, can you hold on to that which is good? If the preacher's saying, get back, get back, get back, we shout in the same sermon every Sunday, get back to your first love, get back to the cross, get back to where you started. Oh, preacher. Karen, these youth. Went to the beach with them one time and tell them, I need some adults out here. I haven't been here before. What happens is the youth get to having a good time. Some of them ain't never been to the ocean anyway. Some of them have. It don't take long for that drift to just get you on out there a little bit. And it just carries you. When you're having a good time, look here. You're just so glad to get there. You're just having a good time. It reminds me of church folks when they start getting blessed. I'm going to tell you something. When they poor and broke down, Brother Al, when there's cancer done come in the deal, when dad's a storm just happened, I'm telling you, they all over that altar down there. I'm talking about one of their children gets sick, one of their grandchildren gets sick. You think they Pentecostal. They'll come right back in the good next Sunday, and I ain't saying nothing. They won't even make a good Presbyterian. I mean, they just barely here. They nodding off. They can't get a hold of nothing. I'd get out there in that water. The whole time I'm screaming, get back, get back, lest you let these things strengthen those things that are, that are remain, that are strong, except you let those slip also. And I'm hollering to the youth, you got to get back. You got to get back. I'm calling my name. I'm saying, you got to get back. Ain't that what the gospel is? Yes, Boy, we want one of them watered down deals. It had not make about as much sense as me just sitting up on that bench and carry your youth to the beach. And I just sat up there and get me a good old suntan. Huh? It don't make no sense to me, no way. Sit up there and burn yourself up. If you like it, go ahead, it's your body. <laughs> it might make a lot of sense for me to come back to him and say, well, Mackenzie didn't make it. I just landed up having a good time. Yeah, Hannah didn't make it. I just landed for having a good time. Yeah. Chelsea didn't make it. I just landed for having a good time. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. You know what? We as church folks, we as born-again, redeemed folks, Sister Renee, if we don't get reminded, we'll get so far out 
we'll get in over our heads. Shame will come. That devil will come and talk us plumb out of it. I'm telling you what, it won't be long. We'll be so far. We'll sit back on the North 40 somewhere. We'll clap just a little bit. We here one time, we was right here. Man, praise God. Come on. What happened? God didn't change. God done blessed you all the way. Right here in this book where I'm preaching out of. I ain't going to go back and read it verse to verse. When you get home, it started out in verse 1. They was trying to tell the children. They was trying to tell the children all the miracles that happened. They'd try to tell them, look, you need to remember what I'm telling you. You need to think about what I'm telling you because probably right now you ain't going through nothing, but it's going to come a time. See, last night, I walked in the house and around my table in my house, my mother-in-law was 89, doing good. Like I say, I've seen her. I'm talking about, she let me cut her grass one time. This is all she could do, just do that. I mean, I know that I wasn't doing it like she done it. But I'm here to tell you, she done jumped a gun on me this week. And I seen her out there, and boy, she was on that John Deere tractor cutting that grass. It wasn't long, I heard that weed eater. Some folks in here may be, you ain't even 45. You can't imagine getting out there two days ago, three days ago in that hot sun, middle of the day. You say, ooh, ooh, I couldn't do that. You know why you can't do it? Because you wasn't raised like Blue Cheatham was raised. You know what? You know why a lot of folks ain't shouting no more? You know why folks ain't, ain't praising God no more? And I'm sorry because you wasn't raised that way, Ronnie. You wasn't raised. Mom and Daddy didn't tell you that God provided every time you got ready to eat a meal. They didn't say, wait a minute. We're not eating till we thank God. Look at when you sit down at the supper table, they say, look, I got to tell this story. I got to tell this testimony. I got to share this. Everybody in my family, I'm not up here preaching because I'm anything. I'm probably up here preaching because my whole family, they made God look so good. We're cruising through life. We're trying to raise children. We're trying to provide for children. And we ain't taking no time to tell them children how good God is. And then what your children see, when you try to tell them what to do, then all of a sudden your children see you. I'll use the words you like. They start to see you backsliding. You was the only hope they had. They done turn back. You know, scriptures tell us we turn over, if we was to turn over to Malachi chapter 3, verse 10, it talked about bringing tithes. Just bring your tithe to the storehouse. And he said, and prove me. And just, and just see, won't I just pour out the blessings? And, and, and if you turn over to Revelation 5, uh, chapter 20, he said, I, I stand at your heart, door and knock. If you open the door, you don't watch so much TV. You think some preacher's been running your house, slapped you upside the head, you're going to get the Holy Ghost, you're going to be fine. No, you've got to seek his God. Oh, you've got to seek him. You've got to open up the door to your heart. I don't care if you've been saved 80 years. It don't make no difference to me. I'm telling you today that if you're going to get anything for God, he stands at your heart door and knock. If you'll open that door, he'll come in and sup with you today. And I think about the benchmark. The benchmark of everything that's in the Bible. Oh, Brother Eddie, after we're saved, it's all just good and fine. 
the benchmark of everything we preach. As I was telling Brother Harris, and then I was telling Brother Jason Cox, and I was telling about the church that I was preaching about this same Jesus. Just come to Jesus. Draw nigh to him. He'll draw nigh to you. Seek him where he may be found. Call upon him, and he'll answer thee. All them verses that you've got to do to get close to God, it's more than just going to church and sitting on a nice cushion seat. I'm just hollering, get back. That's all I'm hollering, get back. You know why? Because I see all these empty seats that are gone. Where are they at? They ain't nowhere. The majority of them are nowhere in church today. If that ain't true, why did he write this scripture in 2 Corinthians 7, 14? He said, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. The preachers come by me and I'm telling Brother Harris and I'd preached two times already in the church and he'd come by and he said, Brother Eddie, he said, you got anything else to preach? Is that all you got? I said, yes, sir. I guess that's all I got. That's all I got. Pretty much the same thing. If I come back tonight, that's, that's what you're going to have. If I come back tomorrow night, is that it? That's it. That's, that's, it. that's pretty much it. I mean, I, I was just glad to be there. <laughs> he said, then I'll be back. You know why? Because the message don't change. The whole message of God. And why did, why did he have so many, so many verses, Brother Johnny? Why did he have so many else in there? Why did, he, why did he have all them things drawn out of me? If you'll confess your sins, he said, I'm faithful and just to forget. He knew. He knew the temptation of this world. He knew that the devil was alive and well. He knew that you'd have to seek him to find him. Somewhere in all of our little minds, and I'm going to close here in just a minute, somewhere in our minds, we done figured out in life, if I just go to church every now and then, boy, we done left the Holy Ghost out of it. We done left being filled with the Holy Spirit out of it. It's something that I, I had taught them down there in, in revival as I spoke to a group of folks. And then, and then yesterday morning I shared it. I've been talking about being filled with the Holy Spirit. I told him if you was 50% full, you'd probably be doing pretty good. Because everything that you do in life contrary to the Word of God, whether it become to raising children, no, no matter what it is, every time that you go against God's Word, you've got to take a Bible verse out and lay it on, lay it on the counter. Every time you go against what God would have you to do, to treat your neighbor or whatever, and you say, yeah, I know, and somebody said, you know what God said about it, and you say, yeah, I know that, but I tell you what, then what you did, you just took out a, what you did, you just take a Bible verse out of your mouth, and you lay that verse down. When you go to do another wrong, you take that verse out of your mouth, and you lay that down. And then the preacher gets up and says, be filled with the Holy Spirit. That means you've got to put these Bible verses back in. You hide my word in your heart that you may not sin against God. And you've got to do it God's way. But you know what? We just want to bend the rules, don't we? And we're just like in that water. And we're getting further and further away. And the preachers in the pulpit, if they're preaching the gospel of Christ, they're hollering, you better get back. You better get back. You know, 
There's no doubt about it. You know what? You know what my, my favorite questions to ask a preacher? Can you tell when folks is leaving? Can you tell a month, two months, three months when they finna get out of church? Can you tell the, can you tell the same excuses they all gonna use? You ought to hear what them preachers tell me. It's all the same. He said, oh yeah, brother. He said, I'm talking about one time. Excited, thought the church. Look here, they they was the church. I I, I like what Brother Allen, Sister Trudy, had told somebody one time. They said, "Are y'all leaving Christ Church?" They said, "We are Christ Church." See, that's what you need. You need to quit going to a church, wherever it's going to be, and you need to start being that church. You need to be saying, "I look at I am that church. I am Allen Baptist Church. I am Zion Baptist Church. Whatever church you decide to go to, you need to be the church." Quit going and start being the church. William loves his church. He loves his church. Watch this right here. If my people who are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face, it said they turned from God is what they did. They, they turned and they, they tempted God and they restricted, they, they limited the blessings of God. Do you want God to limit how much he's going to bless you? What if God just treats you like you treat him? What if God just shows up for you like you show up for him? What if God shows out for you like you show out for him? Wow. If my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray, my people, and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Y'all see that word then? No wonder they don't like this King James. It says, then will I hear from heaven. It says, then will I hear from heaven. Then will I hear from heaven. Then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sins and heal their land and my eyes shall be opened to them. Look at there, it was closed. And my ears shall be attended to the prayer that they made in this place. Look at there, now you got your ears. Look at verse 19. We'll be closing here in a minute. But if you turn away, that's what they did over here. They turned away. And they limited God, the Holy One of Israel. It says, but if you turn away and forsake my statutes and my commandments, which I have set before you, and go and serve other gods and worship them, Brother Eddie, we just ain't got much time. We, we just got to have our time. That's fine. You ought to heard what a non-church going told a church member this morning that I heard. He was talking about his wife's church, where my wife goes to church. He first said, well, we go to church. I said, what? He said, well, where my wife go to church. And then he said, our pastor. I said, who's pastor? He said, well, I guess I'm about to say my wife's pastor. I said, now you're getting close to the store. And then he was talking about picking some peas. He asked, did you eat peas on Sunday? The guy said, yeah. The other preacher said, yeah. He said, if it's okay for you to eat peas, then it's okay for me to pick peas on Sunday. Now, that sounds good, don't it? Somebody that you would probably look at and you would probably say, well, I don't know if he's a Christian like me. I mean, I'm all that. I don't know if he's all that. And you know what that guy that ain't sitting in church nowhere this morning said? He said, what are you doing with them other six days he gave? Well, I'm going to tell you something. That was the end of that conversation. <laughs> hey, look here. When the world out there that we think, when they got more sense than what we got, 
when they already know, look here, the Lord then gave me six days and on the seventh I'm supposed to rest and I'm supposed to give it to him. He said, what in the world have you done done? I said, well, maybe he just needs to take him six days and just give you one. And then when it comes down to it, most folks say they've been born again. They don't even give the one no more. You know what? If you, if you just had a, if you just had a good little about a five-minute sermon this morning for most people in the church, it would be just fine with you. Ten minutes would be perfect. You remember the guy that come to preach and in closing? <laughs> I better make you laugh a little bit. I feel like I've been a little harsh on you. Remember, remember the preacher come to try out sermon and he. And he preached for five minutes, and they said, man, you are man. I mean, I mean I'm mean, i telling you, we've been looking for a man like you. I mean, you got done what needed to get done five minutes' time. Come on back tonight, and he came back tonight. He preached ten minutes, and they got on him a little bit, scolded him, said, look here. Now, we told you what we after, but we're just going to get an average on it. Seven and a half minutes, Brother Harris, he said, that'll be fine. We, the deacon said, we can do, David, the deacon said, we can do with seven and a half minutes. We're going to count as average. Seven and a half minutes where you need to be. B.J., the man, come back on Wednesday night. He said, you come back on Wednesday night and that thing's over with. I, we done got them all together. The church going to vote. We got you in. That crazy preacher come back on Wednesday night. He preached for an hour and a half, Randy. <laughs> Boy, they met with him and said, you done lost your mind. I mean, you come Sunday morning, five minutes really what we wanted, but you went ten minutes that night, but we done got an average seven and a half minutes. And what in the world you done done? You done come in here? and preached an hour and a half. What in the world are we going to tell these folks? What happened to you, man? He said, well, i got to be honest with you. He said, Sunday morning, said, I had all my teeth pulled. And he said, I done put them new teeth in there. And he said, my gums was real sore. And five minutes about all I could get, Jimmy. He said, you, I just can't tell you how sore my gums was. They said, okay. He said, what about that night, 10 minutes? Where'd that go? He said, well, I was feeling better. He said, but they were still sore. He said, but I was feeling better. He said, that may be kind of about where I'm at. He said, oh, no. No, you done got a prayer night. You done preached an iron high. What happened, man? All of a sudden, he fell his mouth. He said, uh-oh. He said, I put my wife's teeth in. <laughs> I didn't say that. You don't know how bad I want to lie and say Johnny told me that right before church. You, you don't know how bad I want to lie and just say Johnny, Johnny told me that. And I. I want to ask you something in, in seriousness. If I had time and I made a night, it's going to show. It, I mean, it, it just goes to reading things over there of all the pestles he, he sent and and how he got them across and all that. And I, I'm not going to do that. But I do want to ask this. Are, are you tempting God in your rebellion? Have you turned back to an old way of thinking? Are you limiting the Holy One of Israel? That's not a good place to be. If my people who are called by my name. I told them the other night. I even read the scripture over in Jeremiah where he come to bless you. What was it, Johnny, that 
He wants you to prosper and be in good health. And then I had another and I read there, but I mean, God, He just wants to bless you. And I, I was telling them what you do when you don't do it God's way. You take like a water hose. Have you ever wanted to get you a drink out of a water hose, but, but you can't take it full force? And what you do, you crimp it, and then you turn it up where it's just barely running out of the deal, you know, just high enough where you, where you ain't just got to put your mouth on the water hose. And, and you break it down where you can handle it, and you crank it. That, that's kind of what we do when we don't do right by God. He, we, we crank in the hose. And just for an example, as little Austin had told me earlier, he come to me, he said, I, I tried what you told me Wednesday night. If you want to know how God wants to bless you and you'll just get this message, what I said may not make any sense, but it'll all come to you. If you want to know how God can bless you and wants to bless you, if Brother Doug was trying to get his house approved the other day, called me, and I'm down in Mississippi. Brother Eddie, do you know about where I could get this window and the house has been built for several years, probably 20 years, ain't it, Brother Doug? I don't know. You know where I could get this sash, where I could get this type of window? I said, I don't know. If I was you, I'd just go on up there Smith Lumber Company. He done been to Jackson Storm. He done been to Lowe's. He done been to Wicks. He done, I mean, not Wicks, but Home Depot and all those places that you just told to go. I mean, Jackson Storm Road, and you go there, you think that's just it when it comes to windows. But all I have to say about Doug Huck. When Doug Hupp decided to get in church, he'd been faithful. And he needed to close out that, that inspection on his house, Ronnie. He walked up to the lumber company and he told them that Smith Lumber Company exactly what he needed. They said something like, but no, I don't think we would have anything like that. We might remember it, but we don't have nothing. But I tell you what we'll do. We'll walk upstairs and just look around. What happened, Doug? Had four of them. See, he can do exceedingly above what you can ask. I think 20 years ago, those windows were flat. They got dust all of them. They just been sitting. God knew way back 20 years ago that Doug and Valerie was going to need them windows, and he had them sitting right there. He done done us the same way. He done done us the same way, Brother Al, over and over and over. And all you doing, look at, you done turned back on God. You done went the other way and you want that water hose to bust on me, give you a big old drink of water. You want some pressure on it. You want to take a bath in it and you can't. I was in a nice motel the other night. I told him. Went in there to brush my teeth. There's barely enough water. I stick my head up under there. Finally had to get a cup. I said, ain't this something? Shower just blowing out. Little old faucet, little old fancy faucet. Fancy deal now. I said, ain't that a fancy little deal? Huh? Is that what done happened to you? You done call yourself getting a little fancy. Huh? God done bless you a little bit. 
You don't got to move in a nicer house. You don't got to drive a nicer car, huh? You got an extra pair, two pair of underwear where you didn't have but one before. Come on now. Huh? You got plenty of toilet paper in your house. You got an extra bathroom where you didn't have but one. Now you got two and three. Huh? Living on a little bit better street. Is that really what happened? If you don't turn back on God, if you look back, can you say, I served God when I didn't have nothing. When, he, when I didn't have nothing, I served him better than this. Now look what he done done. He done come in there and bless me. Doug said he didn't need but three of them. He started telling me, he said, could you just store that other one for me in case I need it down the road somewhere? That's what God will do. He'll make your crooked places straight. But if you want to bring this message home before you leave, if you want to understand the message, you ever drank any water fountains? You go to get some water out of a water fountain? and you just thirst as you want to be, and the last thing you want to do is put your mouth on that shiny part. The last thing you want to do is put your mouth down there because when you do, somebody else hit their mouth. And you just want it to come up just a little bit at it, but you're so thirsty, you find yourself, you done touched your mouth on the same place everybody's been touching. Well, we got one when you go out this door. You take a right, Brother Anthony, go down the end of that hall, the highest water fountain. What I want you to do is let you know what God's wanting to do for you. Need, you need to do this before you leave now. Stick your head right down there about that far. And I want you to turn that knob because what you don't know is that water fountain, not only will give you a good drink of water, but if you step back, it'll shoot all the way across that other fountain, all the way over in that corner. It's right down that hole. If you want to get the message what God's wanting to do, he's wanting to take the restraint off. He's wanting to bless you. And I'm telling you this morning, just because he, he knows what's coming down your road, he knows what's happening. If you'll turn your eyes upon Jesus, look full in his wonderful face, the things of this world will go strange to dim. You'll drink water, you'll drink of the Spirit, and you'll be happy forevermore. If not, they'll start hee-haw back in a few days, and I'll see all y'all on there with your hair up in rollers, with some teeth out of your head. Yeah. What's the song? Well, how does it start? Huh? Gloom, despair, and agony on me. How's it going now? Second. Deep, dark depression, something agony. Hit it, Doc. Hit it again, Doc. If it weren't for bad luck, I'd have no luck at all. God, I'm glad, man, we can laugh. You know I'm telling you the truth. You know I'm telling you the truth. I'm glad we can laugh about it. I'm glad we got the message. Turn back. Turn back. My word. If you're older than you was yesterday, that's another, that's another reason why you need to turn back. You need to turn back. You just need to turn back. And turn back and do it for Jesus this time. Don't, don't just turn back and do it for Jesus. You know, It's about every week that God just pours out his blessings on somebody. I'll just tell us we're going to close. And uh, he'll just bless to no end. And he'll bring them out. 
Brandon, he'll just bring them out, you know. I may just do a miracle. <laughs> Lo and behold, I won't receive a text that we just decided to go all for. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> all right. Okay. Good. Thought they was going to die. <laughs> I said, okay. If you need me, just call me. <laughs> Randy, it's amazing, ain't it? How easy it is to forget. The goodness of God. Let's stand to your feet. Thank y'all for coming to Christ Church today. David, we're going to be praying for y'all this week. We, 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 we appreciate you. I can't, I can't tell you how much. Y'all have done a lot of work, and, uh, and, and we just praying, and, and, and God is good. And, but thank you for your hard work that you've done for this county. You've done it. You've done your part. You've got a few days left, and uh, you've done your part. Now, I want to shake your hand and say thank you personally. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Brother Dean, close.